News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Good morning. It's now 739, the morning news feed. I'm Chris Murphy. Jim Leach is filling in for Greg Bishop today. We're pretty excited. We have one of our favorite people in the world, Lisa Clemenstadt, is with us from downtown Springfield Incorporated. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Lisa. I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'll, I guess you are. I mean, I, I really want to talk about some of the things that have been going on in the downtown, especially with the as far as the restaurants go, because we've seen an unprecedented level of cooperation, I think, from the mayor's office in terms of outdoor dining. I mean, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, at first, a chef tried to get that done at Maldner's with the deck and in, in the parking ramps and created quite a stir, but got it done anyway. And now all of a sudden it, it seems to be the norm. And I think it's a really good change. What do you think? Oh, we, we love it. I mean, I know that a lot of the businesses are hoping that some of these changes that we're kind of piloting will be made permanent next year. And uh, we're actually, we know that they look a little stark, you know, it's a bunch of concrete Jersey barriers and, some uh, parade fencing uh, in some of the areas, and we're actually going to do a little bit. The Art Association came up with a little design, and we're going to paint the jersey barriers, and we're going to put some ribbon in the fencing and add some plants and lights. So we're going to try to make it a little bit uh, nicer and more fun for people to hang out there. Aesthetically pleasing, as they say, right? As they say, yeah. Those are the big words I learned from Jim over the years. Well, and and Lisa, is that the new normal? I mean, obviously, we're not going to have these nice, warm summer days uh, forever. It's going to get cold again. You're going to be hopefully seeing people getting back down there for for holiday shopping at some point. We'll be clearing all this out and maybe resetting it up again next summer. Or have people thought that far ahead yet? No, people are definitely wondering about the winter. I mean, if you can't go into a bar or a restaurant during the winter, that really changes uh, the business model, right? It, it takes us right back to the start of the virus, but it's it's because of the weather that we, we have less options. So, um, you know, the we're piloting an actual road closure on Adams Street between 5th and 4th, and that uh, group of neighbors has been considering, you know, we have a – they have a really good diverse mix of businesses there. You know, they've got a brewery, they've got a restaurant, they have a bunch of retail. So they've been wondering, can we use a tent and heaters over the winter to make it more of an Oktoberfest type of feel all the time? Um, yeah, p- people are thinking about it. I mean, the businesses, have, as you know, have really had to think ahead and try to get ahead of this thing and, and figure out what they should do. And definitely uh, thinking about, the cold weather in the winter and, and how we could actually make the most of that. I think cities like Minneapolis, don't they just in, embrace their winter and, yeah. and, you know, just do things like fire and ice festivals and things like that? I mean, sure. we might need to be thinking along those lines. Well, they have a lot of gerbil tubes, too, like you see above the museum, you know, the Connection Museum and the and the uh, library. You know, they, have a, they have a ton of those. Their Springfield Clinic has one, too. You know, it's like that, that's what they have in yeah. Minneapolis, all sorts of gerbil tubes. So we need, Lisa, more gerbil tubes, tubes in yep, downtown. Yeah, we need more <laughs> gerbil tubes, please. And, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put that on our advocacy agenda. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep, so. there you go. Lisa, you and I talked back in May at the, the, the day of the first farmer's market. At that time, you said you were feeling pretty good because at that point you weren't aware of any downtown uh, retailers or restaurants that were folding because of the pandemic. Unfortunately, we know since then we've lost several restaurants downtown. The Kidzium is on hold indefinitely. It, it's obviously had an impact. For, from your perspective, it, it, are things going to get worse before they get better? Are you fearing that we're going to lose other downtown businesses before this all sorts itself out? 
I think it's definitely a possibility. Uh, the reality is that some of the small retail shops were not able to access any of the government funding that was created. The city's been working on CDBG funds for small business grants and loans, but um, they're waiting on HUD, so that really hasn't happened yet. So with our loss of tourism this year, and if people don't you know, really, really prioritize shopping local, I get that some people don't realize even what we have downtown. Maybe they haven't been downtown for 10 years or something, so they don't know we have a bunch of clothes back downtown at different price points and things like that. But when you're looking at the restaurants that closed in June, to me that really is that, that COVID just hastened this generational change. You know, we created this program, Momentum, on Main Street a year ago because we saw that some of our you know, long-time businesses, 20, 30, 40 businesses being years being successful downtown, you know, we're getting to the point where they wanted to retire. And so we created this program to attract a new generation to downtown, and it's really playing out. You know, you saw people making a lot of decisions based on retirement. Dell's Popcorn did not make a decision based on retirement, but she was making a COVID-related business decision. But we're also, in the last two weeks since those announcements have made, I'm fielding tons of calls from small businesses, some of them at our farmer's market, you know, kind of incubating at the farmer's market, who are interested in a brick and mortar. So we're seeing this generational shift that just COVID really hit us on the head with. Like, I, I didn't expect four restaurants to close in a period of a month. Um, you know, I thought it would take a couple years for different people to decide to retire, but um, that's what we're faced with and, and we're dealing with it. Lisa Clemens Todd is with us from Downtown Springfield Incorporated News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. And Lisa, as you talked about, uh, the the interest uh, for some folks to to get into a brick-and-mortar setting downtown, we had that big project uh, announced uh, a couple of weeks back, that sort of community kitchen development downtown. Tell us a bit more about that and, and how you see that impacting uh, uh, the overall interest in downtown. Well, it just shows that we really do have a foodie culture. You know, it is a nice addition to uh, the restaurants that started the farm-to-table movement in Springfield, a 21-year farmer's market that, you know, in good years, we can attract 6,000 people to that market on a Saturday. Um, it, it's just a great addition. And it's a, the way their model is set up is to help incubate more more small businesses. So maybe you move from the farmer's market to having a, a kitchen space in the public market, and then maybe you then graduate to having your own brick and mortar. So I think it just shows the foodie culture. Um, and, you know, having a vacant building off and on for 30 years uh, be repurposed for this use, it's, it's just a great win for Adam Street, which we've really been trying to focus on the last couple of years. And uh, Lisa, you know, we, we know that there were at the start of this year a lot of big plans for downtown, talking about uh, revamping the traffic signals, changing the traffic patterns, doing a lot of things to really kind of modernize and update downtown. And now it seems like the like everything else, the pandemic's kind of put that on hold. What kind of conversations have you had with the city about the, the prospects and, and a timeline for doing some of those things that I know you've been interested in doing for a long time? And, you know, Chris kind of said earlier that the city was great and they turned around an outdoor plan for us in a, in a day. I mean, I would feel, I feel like our cooperation and coordination has never been better. You know, out of this horrible situation, we're all trying to figure out and make the best of it. And we've had great conversations about the future of parking, about escalating some of the, the timeline for some of the two-way streets. 
um, which would allow us maybe to add some angled parking back in and which would help us keep some of the outdoor areas that we've created, some of the parklet areas we've created. Um, it's just, it's been really positive. You know, it is true. COVID, it's, we're on a hold, but conversations and work is still happening behind the scenes. And I think there's a real um, shared belief that we need to take this opportunity to make some maybe bigger changes you know, than, than we had even been talking about before. So I think it's a really exciting opportunity to make a truly walkable, pedestrian-friendly, highly lived-in downtown. Can you drop a hint as to what bigger changes you're talking about? Oh, I, just, I mean, maybe bigger means just more coordinated with all of the different ideas really coming to fruition. You know, um, it, it's all working in tandem now in a way that maybe we didn't enjoy before. Lisa Clemens Stott is with us from downtown Springfield on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Lisa, let's get to the Y block here a little bit, too. Um, you know, talking about the universities, and there was some movement, it looked like, from uh, Mayor Langfelder to, to try and do a mixed development. What's the latest do you know about the Y block? Uh, I mean, that is one of the conversations that I really haven't, we really haven't talked about a permanent and for the Y block since March, um, you know, what's been interesting is like the Y is using it for outdoor um, classes and there have been different organizations interested in using it for a social distanced event. You know, you've seen the pictures probably like in New York City where they have the big fields and they paint circles, social distance circles, and you sit in a circle and then your next circle is 10 feet away type of thing. You know, we've had a lot of interest in that. But there hasn't been any movement on that as far as I know. What about the farmer's market? How's that been going so far? I would say that overall, you know, we're not we're not getting this to the 6,000 number of our usual attendees. There are people afraid. We are the largest event happening in Sangamon County. But, you know, we just talked to County Health again this week and they said, you know, they don't, it would be very difficult for them for spread to happen at our market. You know, interactions are less than 15 minutes and we mandate that everyone, all the vendors and all the visitors wear masks. So, you know, we're one of the safest places to shop for fresh fruits and vegetables. And we're really proud of, of what we've pulled off this year to make it safe for everybody. Terrific. All right, uh, Lisa Clemenstad, anything further, Jim, or? No, uh, you know, and, and it really kind of comes back. I know Chris had mentioned with the uh, the Y block, but uh, also in downtown, there had been at the start of the year a lot of talk about it, at a university presence, UIS, maybe SIU, maybe the area around the Sangamo Club and things. Uh, are you mm-hmm. involved in those conversations at all? Is there any movement there even behind the scenes, or is that something else that just is going to uh, sit uh, sort of on the shelf until we, we get to the other side of the pandemic? Well, you you know, innovation doesn't necessarily happen in a building, right? So UIS and SIU are continuing to work more closely together. They've started a new health initiative, you know, that was just on that webinar that UIS did a couple weeks ago. And I know that UIS has been leading the charge and maybe accessing some additional state grants that have come out during COVID, you know, for shovel-ready type projects. So, yes, there are definitely movement going on behind the scenes. The UIS-SIU project is not dead by any means. And, and it will definitely be part of, a, you know, a new downtown plan for sure. Exactly. And I, and I know, too, that the uh, do we know anything about the September events? I believe the Route 66 Car Festival is canceled. But uh, anything else, you know, as far as movement goes, or does it look like it's going to be festless for the rest of 2020? 
Uh, the only one that I have not heard that is canceled is Blues and Barbecue, which usually takes place at the end of August. So I don't know if Barry uh, with the Alamo has some really innovative social distancing ideas up his sleeve or, or what's going on, but um, that's the only one that has not officially been canceled. Unfortunately, you know, we're really hoping that we can host a holiday walk starting in November that is safe and socially distanced and, and that we don't have to, you know, stop that type of activity going. But yeah, it's kind of sad on the on the festival front for this fall for sure oh yeah it's got to because i mean that's that's the thing that packs the downtown every year you know and i guess that i just answered my own questions why it's not happening <laughs> yeah, it packs the downtown. you don't need me see <laughs> lisa listen thank you so much as always we really appreciate it thanks guys great to talk to you appreciate it